0: The Old Testament reading for this, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost, comes from the prophet Ezekiel, the 34th chapter. For thus says the Lord God, Behold I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God. Behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and a drink of clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you push with side and shoulder And thrust at all the weak with your horns Till you have scattered them abroad I will rescue my flock They shall no longer be a prey And I will judge between sheep and sheep And I will set up over them one shepherd My servant David And he shall feed them He shall feed them and be their shepherd And I, the Lord, will be their God And my servant David shall be prince among them I am the Lord I have spoken this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Fear the Lord, you, his saints. For those who fear him, have Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the, Lord him out of all. the epistle reading comes from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, the first chapter. of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason that in me as the foremost Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life to the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only god. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And this is the word of the Lord. We rise for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel that serves as the text for our sermon this morning comes to us according to St. Luke, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents." And this is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today, here at Trinity, we celebrate Rally Sunday, and it's a tradition that Lutheran churches have had for a long time. It's a festival to kick off another year of Christian education, an opening day of Sunday school time to rejoice in the fact that we are able to bring the word of God in Christian education to the youth, to the elderly, to the people of all ages of this congregation and this community. As we do so, we are thankful for the teachers, for the helpers, for the administrators who put in the time and the effort to teach everybody. We're thankful for the students, both the new ones and those who are returning and have been here for years. We're thankful for their families, for trusting them to our care, for taking the time to get them up a little bit earlier in the morning, get them dressed and in the car and over here to come to Sunday school. But most of all, we are thankful for God's holy word that we have the privilege of teaching. We're thankful that God has given us Holy Scripture, preserved it from generation to generation, and given us the joy and the opportunity to share that word with the young of our area. Now, faithful Lutheran education is unlike what you might find in other churches. Yes, here we have coloring, and we have stickers, and we sing songs, and yes, occasionally there will be snacks. And for a lot of churches, that's kind of the focus of Sunday school. It's more a daycare, time to bring the children together, give the parents a little bit of a relief, give them some cute things to think about, but that's about as deep as it goes. But not us. We are Lutheran. We understand the importance of God's holy word. We understand that God's word does not just start applying to your life once you reach a certain age. And that's when you need to really start thinking about it. We understand that God's word is essential at all stages of life. And so we make God's holy word, that infallible, unchanging word, the very center of everything that we do, even from an early age on. And so in our Sunday school, in our Bible studies, in our catechism classes, we tell these children what that word of God proclaims. And what it proclaims in no uncertain terms whatsoever is that they are sinners. That they have transgressed God's holy word. That God has laid out a holy and perfect law and they have not kept it and they cannot keep it. We don't shy away from the fact that even at a young age, people despise God. People hear His Word and turn away from it. We don't turn away from the fact that even small children are by nature sinful and unclean, driven naturally to sin, to go against God's Ten Commandments, to hear the Word of God and say, I think I can do better. We tell even the young children of our community that they are wretches who deserve eternal hell. We tell them that the wages of sin is death, eternal death, separation from God. We tell them that the world is wrong in its proclamation that whatever you believe, as long as you believe something, you'll get to heaven one way or another. We proclaim that harsh truth, that Jesus alone is, is the way, the truth, and the life. And we do these things, not because we hate these children and want to scare them, but we do it because we speak the truth. God's word does not change to suit our comfort level, to suit our culture, to suit what we wanted to say. God does not have a moving goalpost. He doesn't change, he doesn't grade on a curve and say, well, at this point in history, they said this was okay, so I'll go along with it. God's word is eternal, and we all have broken it. We have all turned away. We, like sheep, have gone astray, despising the good shepherd, ignoring what he has to say for us. As he leads us to good pasture, we turn and run and go eat the rocks and the thistles and the dirt and say, this is so much better than what he was trying to force us to eat. We proclaim the law of God at all stages in our Christian education. We proclaim that we are deserving of God's eternal wrath and condemnation. But we don't stop there. If we did... I would honestly question the sanity of any parent who brings their children to us because we proclaim that harsh reality of God's law. We refuse to water down the truth of God's holy word. We tell children and everyone who come here that we are all sinners. But then, then we speak the glorious truth that Jesus receives sinners like us. In our gospel reading today, the Pharisees and the scribes, the holy people of Jesus' time, they were scandalized by what Jesus was doing. They thought they were the ones who were deserving of Jesus' attention. They thought if Jesus truly was a holy man, he would be catering to them, doing what they wanted him to do, greeting with them, patting them on the back and telling them, that's a great job you're doing there. But instead, what do we see Jesus doing? He's eating with sinners, tax collectors, people that the Pharisees and the scribes looked down upon and hated. These were people who weren't worthy of Jesus' attention in their mind. These were people who were awful, who God obviously despised because look how bad their lives are. Look how awful they are. God couldn't possibly love someone like them. And so, when Jesus, the Messiah, God Himself in the flesh, receives sinners, eats with them, speaks with them, tells them that they too receive the kingdom of heaven through grace and repentance, they're scandalized. They think that is just awful. Because it's not just a matter of bad decorum, it's a matter of grace, it's a matter of faith. They thought these people didn't deserve heaven because they had worked so hard they deserved it. And the fact is, they're right. We don't deserve heaven. But neither did they. Not one of us, not one person, no matter how good they might look on the outside, deserves heaven. Because God is holy, God is perfect. God is righteous and without sin. And so sinners like us, we deserve only his wrath and his condemnation for all eternity. And so yes, it is a scandalous thought that Jesus would receive sinners. That he would deign to come to us, to lower himself to our station, and to speak his word to us. But that's what the gospel is all about. We proclaim that harsh reality of God's law, that we are sinners who deserve to be cast out of God's presence forever, who deserve eternal death. But then we proclaim that glorious gospel to the children of our community, to the youth, to the adults, to the elderly, to everyone who will listen. We tell them that even though we are miserable sinners, we are loved By the creator of the universe. We are loved. And we are forgiven. We who run away. Like stubborn little sheep. We are lovingly pursued. By the good shepherd. He takes great pains. To bring us out of the peril. That we put ourselves in. Not just the time and energy. That a shepherd takes in hunting down a sheep. But he gave everything. We tell them. How the Good Shepherd laid down his life for the sheep that he cares for so much. We tell them that God who created all things, God who is perfect, God who laid out that perfect law that we do not keep, humbled himself to take on our human flesh, to come to us as one of us, to place himself beneath his own holy law, even though he had no obligation to do so whatsoever. He came to us born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law, to fulfill it in our place, to do perfectly what we could not, to live that perfect life that was necessary to fulfill God's requirements. And then, in an act of love that we will never understand, God, the spotless lamb, took upon himself every one of our sins, All of our blemishes, all of our wickedness, all of our wretchedness was taken from us and laid upon him. And he willingly took that load of filth and sin and guilt to the cross where he laid down his life in pain and shame and agony, suffering the death that should have been ours for all eternity. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, laid down his life For us sinful sheep. So that we could be redeemed. Spared from sin, death, and the devil. His perfect righteous blood paid the price that we never could. To take away our guilt. To wash us and make us as white as wool. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, gave up everything. So that we could be saved. He suffered and died for us upon the cross. And on the third day, he rose again from the grave to shatter the chains of death for all eternity. All those who look to him in faith, all who hear the word of God and keep it, all who look to him as their Redeemer and Savior, will rise again to eternal life. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And that too, just like God's holy law, never changes. And so we put that at the center of our Christian education. We put that at the center of our divine services each and every Sunday. We put that at the center of our very lives, knowing and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sinners like us. We share that good news with the youth, with everyone in the community. And when one sinner repents... When one wayward sheep finally stops struggling and running away, we rejoice. And all of heaven rejoices with us. Because God loves the world. The world does not care about you. The world despises you. The world doesn't even know who you are. But your Father in heaven does. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows you better than you know yourself, and He loves you more than you could possibly know. He has given everything so that you, a sinner, a rebellious little sheep, could be with Him forever in His heavenly kingdom. And there, in that perfect paradise that He has prepared for us, we will rejoice for all eternity. There will be no more pain and suffering no more sin or temptation, no more sorrow, no more death. Only the eternal joy of singing out God's praises for all eternity. And so in many ways, church, Sunday school, it's just the prelude to the eternal kingdom that awaits us. As we gather here in God's holy presence, as we hear his word, as we sing out his praises, this is a foretaste of the feast to come as we will see with our own eyes our Heavenly Father. We will hear His words with our own ears. We will sing out in perfect harmony His praises with our own voices. That's the message that we proclaim through our Christian education. That's the message that we as Christians cling to in a world that despises us, in a world of change and hurt and pain and darkness. That's the message that we joyfully share with all people so that they too could know the truth. That's the message that we are kicking off today and what we proclaim every single day as a faithful congregation hearing the word of God. We don't water down God's law but neither do we change his gospel. We tell children and youth and adults and everyone that they are indeed sinners and they need to repent. But we tell them also that Jesus, the Messiah, God himself in the flesh, receives sinners like us. Not just to dine with us, not just to make us feel a little bit better. He receives us undeserving sinners into his eternal and perfect kingdom. He receives us with open arms to that glorious paradise of heaven. He receives us and he rejoices over us because he has restored us as his beloved children. The truth, the harsh truth, is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's a truth that we refuse to shy away from because it is a truth that we all desperately need to hear. But even more important than the truth of God's law, we believe, teach, and confess the glorious truth of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That by His cross alone, by His empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins and eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.